Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Welcome back, everybody, to Simplify Jesus. I'm Bill. This guy sitting next to me is Matt, and we are breaking barriers through communication. We've got a little bit different story for you today. Well, not too different, but much... uh, This one scares me. (laughs) Honestly, this one scares me to know that... that, uh, God has done this uh, to this guy, but we'll, we'll learn a lot through it. Um, no, I should say this scares me because of what God has allowed to happen to this guy. But like Joseph's stories uh, from last week and the few weeks before that, there's a lot of bad going on with this guy. Mm. I just couldn't imagine being in the situation. I'm building up the anticipation <laughs> for everybody. Can you tell? <laughs> like we said, we wrapped up Joseph last week and, you know, Joseph was uh, sold into slavery by his brothers and went through some tough times, but ultimately ended up forgiving his brothers and still loving them anyway and prospering because of the things that they did and realizing that it was all God doing that for the good, right? Because Joseph certainly loved God. So Jacob and all of his sons moved to Egypt and lived in the land of Goshen where uh, the Pharaoh and Joseph ultimately gave them jobs and took care of them, and, and they were all pretty set for life. Or so they thought, anyway. Or so they thought, yeah, yeah. Uh, up until we left off last week, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So now we're going to talk about Job, and this is a definitely a depressing story for most of it. But we get to see a lot of uh, faith and God's provision, even through all the struggles that he's going to go through. So enough of the setup, Matt. What are we... What are we, what, who's Job? Yeah, that, that is the question, isn't it? Who is Job? There, there are a few different theories on who this Job guy is and if he was a real guy, when he lived, if he lived. And so first things first, let's, let's talk about the guy. So there are some people out there that believe that Job may just be a parable, that, that the book of Job, it's one of the books of wisdom. Uh, it's included in that set. And a, and a parable being a story that didn't, Maybe didn't actually happen, mm-hmm. but is used for teaching. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Jesus used a lot of parables um, while he was here. And so there are some people that believe it may be one of those. And, you know, while I can kind of see where that comes from, I mean, we see, uh, we're going to see today a conversation between God and Satan, which kind of feels like a parable-esque thing. There are references to him throughout the Bible by other prophets people in the New Testament as well. So we're pretty sure that this Job guy was a real guy and and not just a parable, not just a good story with a moral of, hey, trust God, right? So pretty sure he's a real dude, but we don't know when he lived. So unlike Jacob and uh, Joseph and all of uh, their family, you know, with them, we have genealogies. We have a good history of where they came from, who their fathers were and all that kind of stuff, right? But well, Job really don't have that. There are some that believe uh, he was around the time of Abraham, and that's mostly based on the way they talk about wealth. So uh, when we dive into his story a little bit, um, we're going to see that the way they, they they talk about his abundance is the fact that he's got all these you know cattle, he's got oxen and donkeys and sheep and all that stuff. Well, 
I mean, we don't talk about wealth like that today. Um, well, unless you're a rancher. Yeah, right. <laughs> Heads of cattle are precious. Yes. Um, but but even in when you get into the days of like Moses, there's focus on precious metals. You know, there's gold and silver and there's the currency exchange and that kind of stuff. And so because you don't see that in Job's story, um, there are some people who believe he's as old as Abraham. And um, Abraham was... If you're following us chronologically the way we're going, Abraham was probably, what, five, six episodes ago that we kind of left off of there? Um, probably, yeah, yeah, somewhere in that, six to eight probably, somewhere in there. So we, we had Joseph and then Jacob before that, and then Isaac, and then Abraham was Isaac's dad. So we're, we're a few generations, yeah. So some believe he was right around there, um, so a few hundred years back. There's also some people that believe he was closer to the timeline of Moses and maybe kind of between Joseph and Moses, which is where we're at right now in our, our chronological look. There is a method to our madness. There is. <laughs> so there's there's some connections made between the statements and some of the conversations that happen that make some people believe that he's closer to the timeline of Moses. And also, interestingly, there is in Genesis 46, there's a genealogy of Issachar's descendants that um, the name is Jeshub. I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, Bible names are so much fun. But <laughs> some people translate that as Job. And so it could be that he's a couple of generations down the line from Issachar, which would be roughly this time frame. And Jewish tradition places him during and kind of around the life of Moses. So that's the approach we're taking. We don't really know exactly where he is. The book doesn't say but I have no clue. Just so you know, that's that's why we put him here. Trust in you in this. You say he's between Joseph and Moses. I'm with you. You know, at this point, I'm just kind of like, yeah, he was a real guy. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, while we don't know exactly when it happened, we do have evidence to believe that the story is true. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, that both of us definitely believe and um, we hope that we can help you believe as well is that the Bible is true, that we can take it at its word, that everything in there is um, inspired by God and true and good for us. Second Timothy three says that the, the scripture, all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking. And we believe that. And so we believe the story of Job is true in that. So without further ado, who is Job? Who is this guy? And the first couple of verses of his book, Verses 1 through 3 says, There was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of complete integrity who feared God, turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep and goats, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Where was the horse of many colors? The horse of many colors. Oh, not Oz. Uz. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a tornado in the background somewhere, and we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Funny enough, I saw, actually, in, in my researching us and stuff, trying to figure out who, where that is, which, if anybody's interested, it's in the um, kind of southern Arabia area, um, but kind of southeast of, of modern-day Israel. But there there is a connection between the Wizard of Oz and the Land of Uz. There's, Are you I, serious? I, I, I was can't just remember. kidding. No, there, there really is. The Wizard of Oz somehow was inspired by this. So Wow, okay. Um, go figure. I, I really want to look that up now. <laughs> yeah, it may have been on Wikipedia where I saw that, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, the more you know, right? Yeah. So, so you th you think about that, that start to your story. Um, yeah, who wouldn't want to have a story that starts off like that? I mean, obviously, he's a very blessed man. 
but but he's also an upright man. It says he was a man of full integrity. And so just to kind of amplify that a little bit, this is before we had law uh, from Moses, even if he was around the same time frame. Moses didn't write the law until late, much later in his life. And so even if they were around the same time, we didn't have that yet. And so, and just to clarify, when you say the law, for those who may not know, the law meaning the Ten Commandments that was written on the tablets that everybody was supposed to follow from that point on, people didn't know those laws yet. Right. And even the like the full, like the book of Leviticus and, and the, that law as well, like all, we didn't have anything yet hmm. um, at this point. And so, you know, relationship with God was really, you know, the, the moral compass and the standard was kind of set by, I guess, just your relationship with God. Like you just knew right from wrong, essentially. I mean, we saw that with, uh, with Joseph. Jacob and Joseph yeah. and right. Like they, they lived lives of integrity, but there wasn't anything that told them they had to do this, that, or the other. It was just, just how they lived. Inherent right from wrong. And, and, you know, we, we mentioned that, you know, maybe the, the Holy Spirit in some way or another that, mm -hmm. you know, they, they had that because of their relationship. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but whatever they had, Job had it and he was, he was living full of integrity. It even says that he would sacrifice to God uh, on behalf of his kids, just in case um, that, that he had that level of not, not a legalistic mindset of, Oh, I don't want my kids to be in trouble, but just no, I respect God enough that, you know, my kids may have done something, so I'm going to sacrifice and, and show that honor and reverence there. They're kids. Of course they did something. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we see that he was very blessed. He was a wealthy man. So he had 10 kids. He had seven sons and three daughters. And, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit with Abraham. You know, one of the measures of blessings in that day and age was how many kids you had, specifically how many sons you had. Um, it was a patriarchal society, and so um, you're blessing you had from God was often measured in your kids and specifically, like I said, how many sons you had. And so very blessed in that regard. And then, I mean, think about that many livestock. I don't even know how you keep count of thousands and thousands of sheep and oxen and all that stuff, but you got a crew that's really good helping you take care of everything. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's lots and, of shepherds. And so he, he had all of this and, and just, just crazy blessed. And so, Everything's looking good for the first few verses. Um, but then we see a conversation dun, dun, dun. that would completely turn Job's world upside down. So Satan comes to God and he says he's been roaming around the earth. And I, I know when I first read that, I, I didn't understand, like, what does it mean he's been roaming around the earth? That doesn't make any sense. More than likely what this is saying is that Satan's been basically looking to cause some chaos. He's been He's been looking to get somebody. So we know from Jesus's teaching um, that you know, Satan's never up to any good. In John ten ten, it says, "A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy." I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. And the thief he's talking about there is Satan. Um, that he's he's up to no good. That's his only only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. First Peter five eight. Peter says, "Be sober minded and be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour." And so when we're talking about Satan roaming around the earth, this is what we're talking about is that he's looking, he's looking to get somebody um, and, and to get them off track. Um, and he roams still today. Yeah, he is very much. Turn on the news and you will see <laughs> where he's been roaming around. Um, you can, you can find it pretty quick because only the bad news makes the news anymore when people do stupid things. But 
That being said, um, God's response, he says, have you considered my servant Job? Which, you know, I have conflicted feelings. You, you kind of hinted at this up, up front. Like, I think if I were Job, I would be honored that, you know, hey, God thinks I can handle it. But at the same time, like, what are you yeah. doing to me? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how I would, how I would handle that. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, obviously, we we love God. We you know we try to follow His uh, His ways. We try to we're trying to spread His word. Um, but this book, now I, as much as I quote Romans eight twenty eight, it is really this book. It's Job that helps me to remember that even if God lets things happen, it's for a reason. Hmm. But with this one. In spoilers, proves Satan wrong. Right. <laughs> and that's the reason that I can see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, good job for proving Satan wrong. There is at least one person on earth, there was one person on earth that <laughs> could be tested like this, aside from Jesus. But still, that is just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you see it in Satan's response. He says, the reason that Job loves and fears God... Is because God's been protecting him. Um, you think about Job having all of these kids, having a good life, having all this livestock. That doesn't just happen by chance. And Satan's viewpoint is, well, God, if you, you know, didn't protect him so hard, he wouldn't love you so much. He wouldn't be all about you. <laughs> but God says, okay, look, I'm going to give you a free pass. You can do whatever you want to anything and anyone around him, but you cannot kill Job. He said, Let, let's basically, let's see how it goes. And and that's that right there. That little cliffhanger is where we're going to leave it for this week. <laughs> um, see see what happens next. But I, it's just it's just mind boggling to me that this conversation happens. That this and like I said, you know, props to Job for having that kind of faith. That God was like, all right, have at it. Yeah. So let's see what happens. But man, that would be tough. Yeah, and poor unsuspecting Job, who's got everything going for him, is about to hit rock bottom more so than. I probably anybody within earshot of this could ever imagine. Yeah. So next week's going to be a rough episode. I promise you that. Prepare yourself. If you want to catch up, we're currently in Job 1, verses 1 through 12. So you can really dive into what we're talking about here. Next week, we're going to continue on in chapter 1, uh, verses 13 through 22. Uh, we're going to have a few episodes on this um, because there's a lot of detail here. Just in this one chapter, there's a lot of detail. Yeah. This is going to be a tough one. Just to know what all Job had to go through, if we're assuming he's a real person. Right. And relating that to our lives and knowing that at any point, well, this is a two-part response to what he did to Job. At any point, he could do the same to us. But I guess my question then to that would be, are we as faithful as Job? We could handle it. Mm-hmm. So that's my concern with this one. But anyway, <laughs> how does this point to Jesus and where we're going to have to give spoilers, I think, uh, with this one <laughs> to be able to say how it's going to point to Jesus. So, Matt, how does this point to Jesus? So so you can tell here that Satan has considered coming after Job before, right? Based on his response, he says, Basically, I said, I would have, but you keep protecting the guy. So I'm not, I can't touch him. But one of the things that Jesus tells us as Christians over and over again 
is that, yes, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have tough stuff we go through, but we shouldn't worry because God is always in control. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. And, you know, what I see in this first, um, this initial conversation between God and Satan is that sin is in the world. Satan's in the world. He's been roaming around, causing chaos somewhere. But God was still always in control of the situation. Satan could not have touched Job had it not been for God saying, have you considered him? And... You know, I look at I look at our lives, and I look at um, the different circumstances we go through, and and the tough situations, and I think, okay, this is when I'm when I'm in one of those spaces where I'm like, okay, why am I dealing with this? What is going on here? Just remember, God is still always in control. When we look at Christ, He's conquered the world. We know we're going to have trouble. We know sins all around us, but He still got the victory at the end of the day, and so. That's that's the truth that we can hold on to. We look at that conversation between God and Satan. We know who's in control. Bad stuff's coming, but we know who's in control at the end of the day. Yeah. Again, I'm going to go back to, you know, seeing or reading everything that happened to Job. It's it's hard to swallow. It's still hard to um as a as a Christian, it is hard to know that at any point I could lose everything, but I still need to Trust God and his plan. And I say that not to be um, argumentative or to, you know, say we shouldn't trust God. I'm certainly not saying that. What I'm saying is, even as a Christian, sometimes we have our doubts. Sometimes we worry about things. God says not to worry, but it is really hard in our flesh not to because we're control freaks, right? We have to... (laughs) Um, I certainly am. We need yeah. to control everything. And, and you know, when, when bad things happen, we wonder, well, what could we have done to, to, to keep that from happening? Yeah. And sometimes it's not about us. Most of the time it's not about us. Right. God's got everything under control and we just have to trust that. But I, I, I wanted to make sure y'all knew it's hard and it's okay. That's right. And, you know, it, it reminds me that this conversation about, you know, would we be faithful enough? It reminds me of when Jesus, um, challenged uh, his disciples and the Pharisees. He says, what, what does it benefit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? And having that mindset is way easier said than done, you know, especially in, in our culture and in, in the day and age, it's all about um, getting a step ahead and, and prospering and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then I don't, don't hear me say that, that there's, there's nothing wrong with um, taking advantage of the blessings that God has given you and, and pursuing those further, um, Bill is a business owner, you know, you know, well, that it's, it's, it's our responsibility to be a good steward of what we have and exactly. to grow it and, um, and to make it into everything that we can. But like you said, if God took it away, what would our response be? Um, and that's, that's the key is if God took it all away, would my response still be God is in control. I'm trusting him. That's what it's all about. And we'll talk about more of that yeah. as, as we go through this for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Every episode we like to, uh, at least through this chronological study, we like to talk about what's going on elsewhere in the world. Um, Unfortunately, like we said in the front, we don't know when this was. We could list off probably 10 different things of, you know, where we think it might have been. But let's just say that somewhere between Abraham and Moses, there was a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And this is probably somewhere in there. 
but we're going to get we've we've discussed some of that and we'll get to some of that um when we get into moses so this is probably the one time that we're just going to have to say we don't know what was going on during this time right yeah yeah it's better to claim ignorance than to uh <laughs> try to seem like we're smarter than we are yeah because we're not uh, promise no. <laughs> nope <laughs> definitely not we only know what god tells us that's it um uh, <laughs> And even that, we usually mess up. That's At true. least I do, so. <laughs> That's true, too. No, I kid. Um, so next week, um, we're going to see what Satan's endgame looks like. And we're going to see if uh, if he actually decides to take God up on his offer or not. And really put the screws to Job. And uh, this reminds me of the uh, screw tape letters. Mm-hmm. You know, any, anytime we talk about conversations with the devil conversations with satan like this uh screw tape letters was something that uh, c.s lewis wrote and it's a conversation between two demons uh demon and his nephew so his he's called uncle screw tape mm-hmm. um it's a very interesting read and uh, it's a very sarcastic read uh, if you haven't heard of that check it out but um yeah we're gonna see what's going on there yeah it, it should be a good one it's uh that i will i'll back you up on that it's uh enlightening to read kind of his perspective on what demons would talk about and like oh like it's, it's a little bit of a gut punch every now and then like oh that's me <laughs> yeah because he's certainly in the book he's talking about us yeah and and how he's uh pulling a fast one on us and uh how he's kind of causing the world to be what it is and you know it's a it's a work of fiction but uh it's far off a lot of truth behind it too. <laughs> um, yeah well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, appreciate you guys joining in. If you would, go find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest. Got a little stuff on YouTube as well. Uh, find us there. Like, comment. Let us know what you think. If you ever have any comments, questions, or concerns, shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. we love to hear from you. And uh, let us know how we can be better. Let us know what we're doing well. With that being said, that, that's going to do it for us this week. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue our chronological look through the Bible. You'll have a great rest of your week.